Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and my guest in this episode is Dr. Sandra Lee, who you may know as Dr. Pimple Popper. I first heard about Sandra on a night out uh, about three years ago with Caroline Hirons and our friend Kate Langan. We were on our way to a Motley Crue concert. It was the last time they were playing. They're going to be back, I'm sure. And we were walking down the road towards the venue. And you know what it's like when you're walking along in a group, you're chatting. And Caroline said something like, Ems, do you follow Pomple, Dr. Pimple Popper? <laughs> Pomple Pimple Popper? Do you follow Dr. Pimple Popper? And she just got a brand new iPhone. And she thrust her arm and hand in front of my face. And playing on the screen was a Dr. Pimple Popper video of an extraction, a pussy extraction. And my first reaction was to scream, push Caroline's arm and her brand new phone out of my face and go, or something like that. You'd be glad to hear I didn't break the iPhone. Can you even imagine? Um, But those are the videos that Dr. Sandra Lee is famous for. A big spot popping clip. My instant reaction, as I said, was to scream, but then something strange happened. I started watching the video sort of with the phone at 45 degree angle, watching through my fingers at first. And then soon enough, I really did become addicted to that Dr. Pimple Popper feed. California-based Dr. Sandra Lee is probably the most famous dermatologist ever and has millions and millions of followers and viewers to her pimple popping videos. The fans are incidentally called popaholics. And if you really like what Dr. Sandra Lee does, and you want to feel like Dr. Pimple Popper, then you can actually buy a Dr. Pimple Popper Halloween costume. Isn't that mad? Anyway, she is though an expert in her field and has recently launched her own skincare line, SLMD Skincare. And in this episode, she takes us to Pimple Academy or Spot School, explaining the different types of spots, when to see a dermatologist and when to address your skin issues with skincare, the truth about spots related to your menstrual cycle, and the topical ingredients she thinks really work Oh, and she also took some time to answer listener questions, which is really great of her. And perhaps most importantly, she's keen to have tequila with me and a few other friends of the show, like Nadine and Caroline, when she's next in London. So watch this space for those Instagram stories. I do have to fess up to something, though. Sandra and I recorded this conversation via Skype, and it was not a great connection. She's in California. I'm in London. For that reason, the sound was really soft, and I've had to tinker with it quite a bit in post-production. I went back and forth about asking for a re-record, but I think I've managed to salvage it somewhat. But mea culpa, this is not at the usual audio standard and no one is more annoyed about that than me. I apologise, it won't happen again. But I hope that it doesn't hinder your enjoyment of the show because Sandra was a great guest. I loved chatting to her. She was so fun. She just seems like a really awesome person as well as being an expert in her field. So here she is on The Emma Gunn Show. It's Dr. Pimple Popper, Dr. Sandra Lee. Uh, Dr. Sandra Lee, most, but well, I mean, Dr. Pimple Popper on social media and all over the place. Yes. (laughs) My husband does not answer to Mr. Dr. Pimple Popper. He does not like that. So please don't address (laughs) me that way. Noted. That's a good one to know. Um, Everyone listening to this podcast will um, know who you are because I've just uh, done an introduction about you, but also because you are, you're somebody who has enjoyed this lovely thing of going viral. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, quite, I don't think I really, um, I don't really think I absorb the, the, the heaviness of it. You know, I don't really think about how many people can actually be watching something or taking it in. I don't really think I absorb what those numbers mean. It's sort of like when you gamble and you have when money turns into chips mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like I just, I can't fathom that unless someone were to really give, give me a way to kind of quantitate it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I know I'm so, so lucky, but maybe it's good that I don't think about that too hard. You know, I just keep doing what you're doing. Well, exactly. And also you went viral for doing something uh, professional, not because of anything um, controversial. You are a dermatologist. You have a lot of letters after your name, Sandra. Yeah, um, I was in I were I studied. I didn't start really working until I was what I was 34. Uh, that's when I really when I finished all my schooling officially. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, it took a while to get there. Yes. Oh, I pop them. Yeah. Um, so just for the listeners, just so they understand, you are a dermatologist and you have a practice mm-hmm. in uh, the States. Yes, in, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I've been in practice for um, about, uh, I keep forgetting exactly, uh, like about, I think it's about 14 years or so, 14, mm-hmm. 15 years. And um, I, I have a private practice with my husband. Um, and so this all really took off though. Now known as Dr. Pim Popper DPP since mm-hmm. like, uh, about almost five years ago. Yeah. And it's been an incredible journey. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is something new that has emerged from the Dr. Pimple Popper brand. But I want to make this as useful as possible for my listeners. And you are one of the most important and knowledgeable voices in skincare right now. And a lot of people listening, maybe everybody listening to this podcast will have, I imagine, dealt with acne in one or more of its forms throughout their lives. And I wondered, before we get into the nitty gritty, which you are well known for via the uh, Pimple Popper channel, I wondered if we could talk a little bit about the emotional distress that acne causes and how you address that if appropriate in clinic. Because as much as you're dealing with the skin, you must also be dealing with hearts and minds. Right. I think that um, dermatology, more than perhaps any other specialty, has the closest uh, um, connection with psych, Mm. another specialty, Um, because so much of what we do has to do for so many. One of the primary reasons people come to see us is not necessarily because something is life-threatening, but some, because something bothers them, the appearance of something. Mm. And so um, acne is a perfect example. I mean, um, uh, and so, so in other words, we dermatologists really have to be well, well aware of managing a person as well and, and making sure that they feel comfortable seeing you, mm. But and, and that's part of gaining their trust, you know, and making sure that... Um, y- y- they don't come out feeling worse about themselves certainly than when they came in. Um, I think that's very important. And, you know, the thing is with acne is almost all of us, I would have to say, have had a pimple sometime in our life or certainly have had something that makes them feel embarrassed or makes them feel different than others. And a lot of time it has to do with our skin, Mm -hmm. you know, don't feel our hair or nails or something. And um, acne doesn't kill anyone. 
I mean, it doesn't threaten our lives. So some people may reason, why are you seeing a doctor for that? You know, it doesn't threaten your life specifically, but it definitely threatens your emotional well-being. And it can leave permanent scars, which can stay with you. That that also affects you mentally, and that stays with you throughout your life. Mm. And so, um, it, and the thing is that it happens to people in a very um, tenuous part of their life. You know, being mainly teenagers, that's a type of time when you're just trying to figure out who you are mm. and how you fit into the world. And then to have acne, and and to feel like you can't even present your own personality to others. Um, and become social is a it, it can really affect the development of your personality. Mm. So um, that being said, I mean, I think it's very important for us as dermatologists when we have patients coming in to really know that that we're on their side and trying to help them. Mm. You know, um, and sometimes it's not so easy to do that. Yeah. And it's just really for anyone listening who maybe feels that it is a barrier, like it's real. And you're yeah. the expert. You see it in people every single day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's equally important to, you know, not only help to treat people's acne, but to help to give them some confidence back and give them control back. Mm. That's part of, part of this loss of control, you know. Mm. So, so, you know, it's really important to make people, because that's what life is about, about, you know, how, why... We have a good life because we feel happy. We feel confident. We feel good about ourselves. So it's important to do that. And so, you know, that's just part of my, how I approach acne, certainly, or how I preach really any kind of skin condition. I think a lot of us dermatologists do that. Mm. And you obviously extract and treat via topical and uh, oral means. But right. is there any makeup you recommend to your patients to help cover and conceal while they're, while they're working towards their clearer skin? Uh, there's no specific brand that I I, I um, recommend, but I do think that um, people. One thing that's very important that um, people should be aware of is their skin type, mm. and know you know know that you're if you're oily or that you're dry, um, and that will help to you know really put, point you in the correct direction of what makeup to use or whatever products to use in general. And also, it's important to know that your best friend who swears by a makeup brand. Or, or your or your celebrity, but in, like someone that you idolize, they have this makeup brand. That's not necessarily the brand for you. I mean, it really it depends on your type of skin. I mean, if you're really oily, you're not going to use some really moisturizing liquid makeup foundation. You know, you're probably going to opt for a powder. Mm. So vice versa. So um, don't be swayed by you know celebrities or what your friends say, peers listen to your own skin and that's a way of taking control too if you understand your own skin you're going to be able to find something that's going to work for you that's great advice right now let's talk about this umbrella term so i guess in the uk it would be spots and in the us it's more pimples but oh, it's, okay. it's an umbrella term that, when i go there i must call them spots yes okay. yes when you come over here in addition okay. to having tequila with me you okay must, yeah <laughs> you must I'm in. say spots um okay. but so in this umbrella term, within that, do we have, am I right in thinking we have whiteheads, blackheads, papules, pustules, nodules, and cysts? I love papules. papules. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, there's sort of like three main kind of categories, I say, of acne. There are the sort of the building blocks where it all starts are the comedones, which are the whiteheads and the blackheads. Mm -hmm. Those are the clogged pores. You know, you have... A, um, a pore on your skin and 
there's debris and dead skin cells and oil that kind of collect in there. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates a blackhead or a whitehead. Um, and then the next sort of category, the next step up is if that pore gets infiltrated by bacteria, you know, this bacteria that figures out that there's a pore here and goes, oh my gosh, this is the perfect environment. I've got food, I've got, you know, comfortable blanket of warmth and just, you know, an oil, and this is where I'm going to thrive. And that's when you get a papule, an inflammatory papule, uh, that red bump that we all know as a pimple that hurts when you press mm -hmm. on it. And a lot of times they'll be under there, you'll feel them, but you know they're coming and they're not quite there yet. Um, so, and then there's like, um, there can be, we also categorize more of a severe type of acne, which is not everybody gets, but um, nodules or cysts, which are just deeper levels of that kind of papule. Mm -hmm. um, they're just, um, their names are different because of the size of it, you know, the size of the depth of it. Mm -hmm. So those, the thing that we are most concerned about when you have more severe acne, um, and it can get very severe, and then we call it like acne conglobata or acne fulminans. These are really devastating, like devastating acne that really can lead to scarring that is permanent. And <clears throat> I, I know you've already talked about the pore and um, debris and bacteria, but is there a simple answer to the question, why do we get spots? Um, because you're alive. <laughs> because you have hormones, because you have uh, genetics that maybe have passed this down. Your parents may have more oily skin, more prone to acne when they were teenagers, certainly, or throughout your life, you know, and... Um, so it has mostly to do with those things. I mean, there's some other smaller things that it can do to like just certain the way you may wear your hair that kind of blocks and occludes pores or you put product in your hair and it like goes across your forehead. So I've seen people that have a smattering of acne right yeah. where their hair lies. You're a violinist and you get it on your chin because you're you know, a football player. They wear pads and they on their back and on the, you know, on shoulders and their back. Um, but um, mainly it has so much to do with hormones. And mm -hmm. that's why it happens during our teenage years, because that's when your hormones are raging. They're mm -hmm. kind of out of control then. And one thing I wanted to say here is um, I had really bad teenage acne, hormonal mm -hmm. teenage acne. And I, as a lot of people do at school, you get bullied and they're like, you're dirty. Yeah. It's not a dirt issue, yeah. is it? No, absolutely not. And, and sometimes that feeling of being feeling like you're dirty because people are telling you this can sometimes make your acne worse because then you feel compelled to have to clean it and then you over wash your face you know and then you actually irritate your skin and make it more red and angry and more potential um issues with acne um but yeah um no it has nothing to do with dirt i mean you may also feel a little more dirty because you're more oily you know when we get a lot of oil you feel just like you want to be clean but I mean, it's a, it doesn't have to do with dirt. We all have dirt on our face, so yeah. it's the same amount of dirt that anyone else has. So if spots, pimples are normal, when do you know when normal spots that are to be expected have transitioned into something that needs treatment and or professional intervention? Um, well, like I said, you know, acne does not threaten our life. But I certainly think that you need to be more aggressive about seeking out treatment if you have more substantial acne. Because again, the, the most important thing to know about it is, is 
however deep it is, the, the more the inflammation, the deeper the acne bumps, the more you, you have a potential to scar. Also, if you pick at your acne, you have a potential to have scarring. Um, so um, that's the thing to be aware of, you know, we have a lot of patients. I mean, all of us dermatologists see this. Well, you'll have a patient who has just like a couple of blackheads, maybe on their forehead, and they're they're nine, ten years old, and their parents bring them in to see us and say, "What can we do with our acne?" And you know, it's almost always the fact that that parent had bad acne mm. when, so they don't want their kids to go through that same thing. And it, again. It is all about this mental thing, you you know, especially when people have acne scars, you look in the mirror and we may not see it. We may not notice it, but they think everybody's looking at yeah. it. It's sort of like someone who's gained, who's, who was overweight and lost a lot of weight and they still feel like that person, you know, when other people are looking at them, it's that same kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Now, you mentioned then picking. And as a dermatologist, I suspect your advice would be never to pick, squeeze or pop. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone was going to, despite all of the advice not to, um, what might be the most efficient way that will do the least amount of damage? Well, this is also the the thing that I say, you know, my, my mantra is no one to pop, no one to stop, but also <laughs> not to pop your pit pimples. But I know that people are going to, unfortunately, and I, and I, I feel then it's sort of like my duty to tell and explain to you why we don't want you to pop and and know when the ideal time is to pop like if you understand it a little bit i think that people can sort of i hope that people can control it more and, and, and know what to do you know the right thing to do so the point the most important thing is again as i've spoken is that the more superficial that uh, and a pimple is the the more closest to the surface it is the higher the likelihood is by popping it that you're going to resolve it completely mm -hmm. and also that um, you're not going to create scarring because again the deeper you traumatize if you squeeze your pimple and it's not ready like it's under the skin you're like and we've all done this most likely <laughs> it just makes it worse they get bigger they hurt and then you're like now what have i done you know mm -hmm. um so really technically so what's happening with your pimple so you got that pimple, you got that bacteria in there. It's all happy and, and excited and making, and the area is getting red because your body has recognized that there's bacteria there and it's trying to go and attack it and get rid of it, you know, push it out. Mm. So that's why you get what's called a pustule or some people call a whitehead that it's not actually technically white. It's a pustule. So all these white blood cells, your immune system kind of send all these cells over there to kind of fight off this bacteria. And it's pushing it to the surface of the skin, which is why after a while you notice it turns white, right? And it's very superficial on the skin. That's like your body trying to push all this out. So eventually it will come out on its own, but it's extremely tempting when it's that pustule and that's actually the ideal time, the best time, mm. because you have the most chance of removing all that purulence, that pus out. And also you're, you're, you're traumatizing your skin um, the most superficially or the least. Right. I like the idea of the redness when you have a spot being your body squeezing the spot without using your hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like your body is trying to take care of it. It's actually a good thing. It means that your body is reacting to this and trying to get these things out mm -hmm. so you're a healthy person you have a good immune system okay that's really good to know mm -hmm. um there are several topical ingredients um that can treat acne and i wondered if we could discuss so yeah. would you say that they are retinol salicylic acid sulfur 
alpha hydroxy acids, niacinamide, and benzoyl peroxide. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, I think that um, uh, I know that their rules are a little bit different. I think in the UK than the, than than the states as to what can be available over the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in the United States, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of products that have all of those really in. Um, in their in their over-the-counter topical medications um and they all work in sort of different ways um um, but all in the similar ways you know you were trying to prevent blackheads from forming we're trying to help to exfoliate or clean out those pores which is where like salicylic acid would come in or any of these alpha hydroxy acids Mm -hmm. right they're all exfoliatives um and so is retinol retinol does that as well it's like it's called the keratolytic where it increases cell turnover it tries to really you know slough off your Mm -hmm. skin and and encourage healthy skin to to take its place um and then you have things that are antibacterial you know things that are antimicrobial like benzoyl peroxide like sulfur like things like that that we're trying to destroy some of the bacteria or make it inhabitable for the the bacteria Mm -hmm. to want to thrive there um so and there's things to help minimize redness you know things like that decrease inflammation um so all of those all of these products that you see out there that a lot of, you know, are available over the counter and acne medications, they usually have all what, what you've spoken about, all these different variations are what we know that are available over the counter in general that can help improve acne. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that to know that a lot of these things can be drying in general because part of it is targeting this oiliness in our mm-hmm. skin. You know, if We're trying to minimize that oiliness. Um, that's going to also make it not as great an environment for bacteria to grow. But on the other hand, if you are really dry already, you may not like that so much, you know. So you got to, again, listen to your own skin. And then there's also this school of thought um, in my years as a beauty editor. I don't know as if it's one that I really believe in, but I think it's worth mentioning this idea of oil on spots. What do you mean? Oh, putting oil on yeah. spots? Um, yeah, I know that like there's a lot of like Korean beauty care that 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 have the oil cleansers and things like that. Um, I think that that you know the oil there is potentially to. I mean, I'm going to say this off the top of my head. You know, I think that that oil it's sort of like it, it's trying to take your oil and 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 wash it off. You're washing it off. You're not keeping this on your mm-hmm. face, correct? Well, there's also the um, idea of suffocating. Um, you listen to your skin and seeing does do you feel like this is breaking you out more do you feel like you know this is making things worse if it is absolutely don't use it mm-hmm. i mean i don't believe that i think some people may believe that washing your face a lot makes you more oily mm-hmm. you know and I, and I mean that's not the case just like eating p- greasy pizza is not going to make you break out because it's not all of a sudden you don't feel like I ate this pizza and oh my God, I feel like my skin is just starting to exude oil. Um, I, I think that you, we have the type of skin we have. It doesn't compensate mm-hmm. for, you know, the things that you've done to it. You know, it doesn't mean because you really wash your face multiple times. Now it's going to now produce more oil to make up for that. Mm. And then also it's this idea of suffocating. Sorry, listeners, we had a little jump in the connection there, but we're back online. Um, the, uh, this idea of using an oil or something quite heavy to actually suffocate the spot is that something that you think is true um uh i i don't really i i can't imagine why that would work technically i don't think <laughs> that that is a proper uh i don't know no i i would say no i mean i don't know why i would add more food for the 
you know, food for the bacteria to, to want to eat, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, there has never been more transparency about what's in skincare and what topical ingredients do. Um, and as great as this can be, and it is very empowering and people can put together their own uh, skincare regimes with a little bit more understanding of what's actually going on in their skin. Have you seen an increase in people coming to you because they've tried their best and perhaps they've done more harm than good and they've overstimulated? Overstimulated, you mean they've made their acne worse? Do I see people that come to me that have actually done things to yes, make it worse? Maybe even made it worse or maybe have created it when they didn't have it in the first place. Um, I don't think I, I mean, again, you can see people that unknowingly create it by doing things or having a lifestyle that creates, a, you know, that occludes your skin, mm. you know, like I said, like wearing your hair a certain way, or maybe putting on a product that they think is helping, but actually clogging your pores mm. more, um, you know, or having an activity, a sport activity that promotes um, more breakout on, on their body. Um, but uh, usually people have, uh, acne gets worse because they sort of manipulate it. Like there is, uh, you know, a type of acne called acne excoriae or, or even neurodermatitis or, you know, people sort of, a lot of people may feel, you know, compelled to pick their acne bumps, you know, and it's sort of a way that you deal with stress. Mm. Um, just like some people might eat or drink or, you know, gamble to, to really just like people pick, pick their skin. Mm. And um, that is something that can is can be difficult to make people stop or certainly can make their acne worse. Mm -hmm. OK, there are breakouts that we don't that we don't predict. You know, you wake up and bam, there's a giant spot on your cheek. Yeah. But there are also there are also breakouts. I certainly have one that I can predict like clockwork. And it's usually because of menstrual cycles. Right. If you get the same spot in the same place every month, is there anything you can do about that? Um, it, it's tough. I, I know I've had that before, but I will tell you, I've never had like a 80 year old come in and said, this spot has been coming up every month since I've been eight years old. You know, I mean, I understand it comes up often sometimes, but it will usually eventually work its way out. You know what I mean? It's sometimes I think it's because, you know, it, actually, it gets inflamed under the skin, but it never completely comes to the surface. It never resolves like mm -hmm. your buddy, body sort of takes care of it, but it just calms down. Um, and, um, yeah, I've had that happen to me before. And, you know, if that happens and it is a trouble, I, I, I mean, I, I think that one thing, certainly what I would do because I'm a dermatologist, so it may be a little easier for me is that I would go and see a dermatologist and have it injected, you know, with a little, uh, low potency corticosteroid. Mm. That's actually a great thing to do if you have a big event, you know, coming up and you have this Mount Vesuvius, you know, on your nose forehead and you need to get rid of it that you can usually inject a, a, an active pimple and it will help it go away in like within, you know, 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. But that's something you have to do at the dermatologist's office. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. yes. No so, DIY here. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to fly out to the UK. For you. Um, would you mind also just outlining the, um, the prescription oral ingredients and medicines that you, um, that can be used to treat acne? Um, sure. It might be a little different than names in, in, in the UK, but we certainly have topical 
antibiotics. Do you want to give you names or just give you top, just give you gen, oh, we're talking about oral medications, yeah. sorry. Um, oral medications would be obviously oral antibiotics. Um, most commonly people use um, the tetracycline group, um, which are really good uh, against P. acnes, mm-hmm. uh, which is propionobacterium acnes, which is a particular type of bacteria that likes to cause acne. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue is, is there's a lot of resistance. You know, there are um, certainly um, uh, bacteria that don't don't respond to this uh, medication. That's usually one of the first line treatments we use orally. Most of us dermatologists, and then we also um, use oral medications that target in different ways, like maybe help with hormones, like um, aldactone or spironolactone, which is a medication that um, it, it sort of has a has an anti-androgen effect. That's used even more specifically, in, particularly in women in women who have acne breakouts that are more in this distribution here because we do know, we do suspect then that there has to do with a little higher levels of. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Testosterone in our body, which is normal to have, but higher levels can promote little breakouts like that. Listener Sandra was just uh, indicating on the jawline right. and she... yeah. along the like a, a beard distribution, yeah. so to speak. Um, and um, then we also have like birth control, oral contraceptives can help because it helps to control your hormones a little bit. And then we have um, isotretinoin, which is an oral medication, which is really truly a fantastic medication for people, especially with severe acne, mm-hmm. because it really is the only thing that can really for many people the only thing that can help to sort of cure their acne or make it go away if there are hormonal links should you be checking your hormones first and if you balance those might your treatment differ um uh not necessarily there's only one there's really only one case where we would consider checking it is if you have bad acne in this sort of beard distribution that i said Mm -hmm. and it's combined with extra hair growth and and a deep slightly deeper voice things like that because that all all those signs sort of indicate maybe you have a higher level of testosterone and a lot of women can have this Mm -hmm. if they have pcos which is polycystic ovarian syndrome which is when you have benign growths on your ovaries that secrete more testosterone so that is certainly something we suspect just by you know seeing examining somebody and asking them some questions then we might want to um, talk about that or, or, or check a blood test to mm-hmm. see. Now, this is all if you're in professional care, but what I have in my hands right now is 
SLMD. Oh, yeah. Sandra Lee MD, yeah. which is your skincare range. So there are right. definitely practical things that you can do at home. Right. It, it is, the reason that this happened is because, you know, here I am. I've suddenly gotten this platform that I didn't expect, but it was so amazing and fascinating that I could build this. And I have all these people around the world that trust my opinion mm. and, they, and they and they are asking me questions about what they can do with their acne and I they certainly can't travel to see me but I feel like I have this opportunity to there's so much craziness on the internet so many so much misinformation so I have this opportunity to entertain them but educate them at the same time and hopefully give them information that is correct and also give them control you know like mm. If I teach them about why why this happens, why you get breakouts, and why these products work specifically, and then they have access to something like that, um, products that we've created that are over the counter for them to treat various medical conditions, skin conditions, including acne, then they're probably more pro more um, in interested in using it and are going to be more compliant, and they're going to feel particularly proud that they use this and it's helped their acne. I mean, this is not going to replace dermatologists because certainly people, these are over the counter medications. These are not things that can necessarily treat somebody with quite severe acne. Mm -hmm. um, but they're certainly the first step, you know? And there's a lot of people who can't see a dermatologist. Yeah. You know, they don't have the time, they don't have the money, they don't have the insurance. So um, I feel really lucky that I have this opportunity and this platform, but I also feel this level of responsibility that I sort of need to do good with it and not just be the pied pup pup the pied piper of pimples you know you know all day like that's not what this is all about I'm hoping to bring something good up, up about it you know and, and help people if I can and one thing to point out to that end is that it is not I mean you could have created a range and put a big old price tag on it but it's actually sits yeah. in an affordable category yeah, I mean, we're trying to just give people options that we know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I want to make this available to anybody. Um, you know, we're not trying to sell some rare berry that you can only find on the south side of this mountain in the Andes, you know, and that's supposed to have some potential of doing something and probably questionable that it does, you know, and and, and that would raise certainly the price of this. You know, we're, we're not trying to make products that are, Oh, they smell so delicious and are so feel so beautiful on their skin. I mean, hopefully they do, but there's no fragrances because that can irritate your skin. You know that that's not something we're not trying to make a foofy thing. We're trying to make things that work that we as dermatologists would recommend to people um, within my power, not seeing you as you know as my patient. Yeah, trust in science, not berries. That's yeah. where I stand yeah. on skin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, within the range, you have actually the acne system, the 30-day kit, um, which includes a salicylic acid cleanser, a BP lotion, a retinol serum, and a facial moisturizer, which contains SPF, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I'm, I'm glad you got it out there. I know that it might be, you know, it's tough to somebody send it across the <laughs> pond. <but>. Um, <laughs> I This is a 30-day kit, and I mm -hmm. was trying to think back to when I had acne as a teenager, all those years ago yes. and um i didn't have anything like this and i used things that were very harsh and very stripping on my skin right. that did did have a positive effect right. and i just thought gosh if i could go back in time and give myself this i would feel very well looked after yeah i mean i 
I mean, they, I mean, that's that's a lovely thing to say. That means so much to me, actually, because that's really what I'm trying to do is, um, you know, I'm just trying to see if we can help people and help them take control of their own lives, mm. you know, and, and do it in a way that makes you. So it's not really me that did it. It's you did it. You know, you're doing it because you're getting answers for yourself that I think are going to work and you understand how mm. things work. You know? Um. And also, um, you've talked about the fact that um, they don't have any fragrance and they um, mm -hmm. they are based in, uh, I always say, science. Mm -hmm. And so I just wondered if we could talk about the fact that I think when I was growing up, I assumed that skincare should feel a certain way. It should feel silky. It should feel soft on my face. And it took me a long time to understand that actually um, efficient ingredients sometimes don't give you that marketing, advertising feel. They're, they right there's not all that plumpy, dewy stuff going on. It just gets absorbed and, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes um, marketing goes the other way. Sometimes there, there are definitely products that are sold for very expensive that smell like stinky socks. <laughs> and then you think, well, if I'm putting this on my face and it smells like this, it must work because I'm spending this money and it smells like, you know, I'm wearing sweaty socks on my face. <laughs> so, so I think... Um, yeah, I think a lot of things, I mean, that's why it's a multi-billion dollar business. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something we're all looking for answers. And it's nice that there's always new things. There's always new searches for new no, new products that can work. But um, we also there's also something to be said about the things that have been around for generations and are mm -hmm. tried and true until we have that, you know, that moment where something's been out for a while, we know it works. I, I don't, I'm not one that jumps on the bandwagon from the first, you know, I'm not the yeah. one that tries something first because it's the newest thing. I don't think that's the way that you should look at this. Um, a lot of my beauty colleagues, one in particular, Nadine Baggett, who has been on this show a lot, she will just, her whole thing is show me the data. Show mm -hmm. me the clinical trials, show me the data. So right. that's where right. it's. Now you have a sulfur-based blemish cream, a salicylic mm -hmm. acid spot treatment, and a 2% benzoyl peroxide lotion. Are those your acne-fighting cornerstones? Yes. Um, we also have, um, so you said retinol, salicylic acid, sulfur, Sul and benzoyl peroxide? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, yes, those are, those are the things that I found... Because it's harder, you know, when, we, when you see me as a, as a patient, I'm going to prescribe to you a couple of products based on how, you know, my discussion with you. And, and everybody's a little different. You want to fine-tune it. I say, look, you're coming back in a month. Let's see. If you don't like this product, obviously, don't keep using it, but let me know. Mm -hmm. Because there's hundreds of different prescription medications even. And so you sort of fine-tune it to the person. Now, I don't have that opportunity because I can't see the person themselves. So I'm trying to use basically the, the things that we know work the best for the vast majority of people. And um, But then I also try to tell them, look, it's not like you. this is set in stone, that you have to use this at night and you have to, you know, this is the pattern. If something irritates you, leave it out for every, you know, if, it, if it's too drying to use it every day, don't use it every day. There's, this is not strict, hard and fast rules, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the other thing is spots and blemishes don't take up a lot of real estate on your face. So should you be using the same topical ingredients all over or is it clever to use a more targeted approach? Um, I think that certainly um, there are products that are probably better to use all over the face and others that maybe it doesn't matter to you so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like salicylic acid and, and retinol 
um, are great to use all all of them in general if they don't bother your skin they are great to use overall because you're also trying to how do you know that something there this not a blackhead getting about to get clogged and you mm -hmm. need to clean it out you know the whole point is also not just getting rid of what you actively have now but having helping to prevent new ones from forming okay now we're going to move into listener questions because as i said okay. i put um I put this in the Facebook group and a lot have come in. So we're going to try and rattle through as many as we can. Okay. So this is a great question. And it was specifically asked about Asian skin, but then someone came underneath and said, could you discuss this for all skin types? But she said, what is the best way to get rid of acne scarring and pigmentation? And does it vary depending on your skin color? There's two main ways that, um, uh, that, that this appears because there are people who have more of a red base to their skin and there's people that have more of a brown base. I, I being Asian, I have more of a brown base. So, so people get two kinds of things after an acne bump. They get post-inflammatory erythema, which is like more like a light complected person with red bumps mm. that you see afterwards, a resolved pimples. And then you have people like me who get brown spots, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, mm -hmm. darkened spots. So one of the most important things to know about this, to reassure people, is these are actually not scars. Because in my mind, a scar means permanence. Mm -hmm. And these are actually um, temporary... It, you know, from from the inflammation of an acne bump, and it can take some months for them to subside. And the trouble with them is sometimes people will have like 50 of them all over their face, but they actually only have like three or four actual pimples. But then it makes them look like they have so many pimples. So um, the point is to really reassure people: say, hey, 10 years from now, I mean, certainly 10 years from now, certainly a couple years from now, you're not going to have any of those. Mm -hmm. They're not going to stay with you. But obviously, let's get ahead and treat your pimples because you keep getting new ones and then and it becomes a cycle where you have all these bump, all these spots on you. So um, what was the question again? It was about how to um, okay, how okay. to deal with uh, oh. what's the best okay. way to get rid of acne scarring yeah. and pigmentation? The, the best the best way to get to help get rid of it is not to create it in the first place. Right. right? It's, it's not to get those active bumps because you know that everywhere you get a new pimple is going to probably turn into that, depending on how aggressive that pimple is. So treating your skin and helping not to have your acne not be quite not not to have as many pimples or spots and not have as and not have them be so angry will will minimize this. Um, I think people with hyperpigmentation, you know, sunscreen is very helpful and important because if you go out in the sun, your skin will tan and everything will tan. So those will turn darker too. So they'll take longer to resolve. Um, and yeah, my main thing is trying to prevent them in the first place. Uh, another question, how to deal with persistent under skin spots that never come to a head? Those are tough because, um, you are probably more well aware of them than anyone else, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you feel them and they drive you bonkers, but you, other people can't see them. So that's one thing. Feel good that other people can't see them and try to leave them alone. Cause mm -hmm. what are you going to do? If you're going to persist and, and poke at them. They're probably just going to get madder, mad at you um, or see a dermatologist and they may be able to inject it or something or give you some oral medication, something that works sort of more systemically or internally to try to help it. Um, another listener has asked, what's the cause of spots on the neck, specifically under the corner of the jawline? When my face is clear everywhere else, but I still have these, I don't think it's perfume, but I'm at a loss. Um, I think that, um, 
you know, I, I mean, that's just a place that you have acne bumps. I mean, there are places that we are more prone to having acne because there's more oil production mm. in the area. And also maybe there's occlusion there. Maybe there's something, maybe she's leaning against her, you know, mm. maybe you're leaning there. Maybe there's a shirt that always rubs on the area. So you got to sort of be a little um, detective too. Um, and it just can be an area. I don't think that um, uh, really the only time that I ever say that uh, that a break, acne breakout, like the geographic area can mean something else is like when you have it in, you know, the, that beard the distribution. Beard, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, this does not signify, you know, having something at the at the angle of your jaw, under your jaw does not signify anything in particular. Okay. Um, another listener says, I'm 44 in November, but I'm getting acne again. It's more like red lumps under the skin. Could this be peri, uh, could this be caused by perimenopause or premenopause? Um, it is caused because you're not going through menopause because if you're going, if you're menopause or you're no longer having hormone spikes, you're probably not going to get acne breakouts, mm -hmm. right? Because they're so, so I think one of the things I always try to look at the bright side of things, you know, like if somebody comes in and they have a broken leg, I'm kind of like, well, at least your other leg works, you know, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. Cause it's always important to do that. And, and it's important to realize that yes, acne sucks you know it's terrible when you have breakouts but it also is reminding you that you are alive and that you have oil in your skin you have natural moisturizer which is keeping you young mm. you know and it just happens it's just part of life and sometimes they throw you a little curveball unfortunately a lot of us women get breakouts throughout our life i get breakouts i get a pimple every time around that time of month and you know i'm already thinking well like, is this the last pimple I'm going to get? Because, you know, that I'm going to be a little sad about that when that happens. <laughs> I like that. Speaking of uh, monthly spots, um, someone else says, I get um, the same spot at the time of the month on my jawline and neck. They don't seem to come to the surface and they take an age to clear. I've tried a variety of salicylic acids, but none help. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of topicals that you have cannot penetrate to that depth, right? So they're probably not going to be very useful in something that's really deep-seated under skin. So that's really when you might want to see a dermatologist who can maybe prescribe something that's more taken internally that you can sort of work from the inside out, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, but a lot of times those things just take darn patience. Like I said, you know, I doubt you'll have it in 10 years or in five years, but I know I can't like, you know. I, I, I'm going to hate the day that somebody comes up to me and says, you know, you said that and it's five years later and I still have this bump. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, another follower has said, I just want the simplest way to prevent blackheads. Um, it's again, it's hard. Then if, if you didn't progress in life, then yeah, you wouldn't have any more blackheads. You know, that's living your life. You have to live your life. You're going to get oil. You're going to get debris. You're going to get skin cells that slough off into your pores. And the best way to probably minimize it or prevent it is using something that's going to help to encourage the cleansing of your pores, like salicylic acid, like glycolic acid, something that's going to sort of clean those pores out. Salicylic acid, I think, is particularly um, beneficial in acne. It's more forgiving, too, for all skin types. And... Um, Usually when we use that acid as a chemical peel in our office, you know, when we treat patients, it, we know that it crystallizes to a small enough size to actually settle within your pores and sort of like, I feel it's like, like that, um, 
I don't know, like, you know, when you have like a drink that you're shaking up and there's a little ball in there, like it's just trying to <laughs> clean up and get all the stuff around the corners kind of thing. It's also, it's, salicylic is oil soluble, right? So it's. I do, I do believe so. Yes, yes, that's right. Because they talk about that. I think there was a recent article mm. while I, I in, some, in something that was talking about that. Yes. Um, another question is, I constantly have tiny blackhead filaments on my yeah. chin that come up. If I put pressure on them. Um, if I put pressure on them from stretching my lips. I've used BHAs, but they've never gone. I've used AHAs and other alpha hydroxies, but they have just never gone. I double cleanse. I, knew, I use serums. I've used pore strips that have pulled them out, but I don't want to use those anymore, although it is fascinating to watch. They never grow into big blackheads or spots. Any advice on how to finally get rid of these little blackheads? You can't. There's just, you have your pores there. They 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 create. They're happy. They happen in those areas. What's interesting is actually sebaceous filaments have become something in my world. Really, only after all this pimple popping stuff happened. I mean, really? I mean, looking back in my textbooks, we don't see that much about you know dermatology. It's not like that's a huge sub subject, mm. but it is a huge subject amongst the people who are, you know, very, um, you know, involved with their acne or they talk about it and they know about this. And I, I don't, you know, it's interesting to me. I've always wanted to like do some research and find out where this word came from. Was this really something that was mm. created by even the internet? Like, I mean, how long has this been around? I mean, it's probably been around for a while, but I don't know how it's been seized upon and people talk about it so actively now. Mm. But, you know, some people you just... It's sort of, I've seen it on their nose, you know, where you'll take a little tweezer and you kind of lightly pull it, it looks like a hair and it kind of pops out and mm. it's very satisfying to see it or to have it done. But I do that. It's nice and clean. Next week or the couple weeks after, you're going to have them again. Right. This part of the cycle of having, a, being alive, you know. And having skin. Yes. Um, this is a really interesting question because I remember when I was a teenager, my mum um, would say if when my spots were bad, get, go out in the sun. Does the sun improve any of the above? I've just returned from 10 days in the sun and after feeling fresh faced, I've come back to the UK and my skin has gone back to its usual spotty blemish prone mess. Um, yes, certainly. Um, the sun does make acne better. The sun actually helps a lot of inflammatory skin conditions like eczema, like psoriasis, because the skin, the sun is a mild anti-inflammatory. So it will sort of help. In fact, there are some um, uh, some skin conditions that we actually use sunlight to help improve. Mm. Um, and, but the thing is, is that we don't prescribe that or recommend it because there's certainly other negatives to have being out in the sun very mm. much. So it definitely makes sense. I mean, you go out and sit out in the sun. Uh, people feel like it sort of dries up your oil, but really it's an it's a, a mild anti-inflammatory. So it's going to help minimize redness and resolve things. But it's is the risk really worth the benefit sort of thing? Uh, another listener has, has said, um, can antidepressants make hormonal acne worse? Oh, I don't know the answer to that question specifically. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I think it depends. There's so many different kinds of antidepressants. I don't know whether particular antidepressants if that's a side effect um off the top of my head so i i can't i don't think i can answer that question directly um but if she feels that her antidepressants if she's taking and he or she are taking antidepressants then they should if they feel like that's maybe 
causing their acne breakouts, I mean, that's something to bring to a dermatologist's mm-hmm. attention because they can look up that medication specifically and, fi- and find out if there's some sort of link. Uh, this question actually links back to something that you were saying earlier. Um, another listener says, I had bad acne as a teenager and tried everything, but nothing worked. Oxy-10 actually burnt my skin. I had the same thing, listener. Eventually, I was put on Roaccutane, which cleared up, and now my skin is pretty good. Um, my daughter oh. is 10 and has started getting breakouts, and I'm worried she will suffer with the same bad acne. Mm-hmm. My question is, is acne hereditary, and what would be the best skincare products to deal with her breakouts, keeping in mind her young skin? Well, I mean, I think that daughter is very lucky to have this mom because this mom is aware of this and doesn't already is going to be ahead of the ball because there's a lot of kids that you see that sadly they don't have the support of their parents because they know like, you know, they're busy. I mean, then that's not the fault of the parents because, you know, you can get very busy and you're not able to take your kid to see a doctor. And, you know, they don't have the um, empathy maybe necessarily because they didn't go through the same thing Mm. necessarily. Um, but she's the, your, her 10 year old's really lucky that she is aware of this and is going to probably be on top of it and prevent her from having to go through the same kind of emotional turmoil or even have permanent acne scars. Like maybe she has gone through. Mm -hmm. So what does she do? I mean, I think you, the, the most common thing to do is to start with over the counter medications, you know, that, that we know work and, 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 and having and explaining to the kid why the, the child, how, why they work is helpful too, because I think she's old enough to, um, to um, understand that. Um, but certainly try to see a dermatologist. Certainly if you feel like the acne is, is not resolving with, or with over the counter products. Can I answer the question? Was that the yeah. question this year? What, what, if, what if you have a child who they, they're not exhibiting any kind of skin issue yet, but you're just wanting to prepare them and you're wanting to get them to be using the right stuff? Um, um, I, I don't think that they should be trying to get ahead of the ball and, and be putting on products if they have nothing on their skin. Because what if it irritates them and they go, I, I don't want to use this yeah. because it's irritating my skin. Then you're never even going to want to, you already ruined the chance of them wanting to use that at all. Because you can't follow them into the bathroom every day and put this medication mm. on their skin. They have to want to do it. And I think one of the biggest problems we probably have as dermatologists seeing patients is compliance. You know, you tell them to use these things. Hey, I can't even use things on a daily basis. So for you to ask somebody to do that, especially a teenager who maybe doesn't care about it or maybe, you know, they just they get distracted by things perhaps more so, it's, it's difficult. Mm. Great. Especially because you don't see the answer right away. You yeah. know, like it's not like you put its cream on the next day, you're like looking magical. It takes a little while for yeah. things to work. And so there's some patience involved. Mm. And a final question from the group. How strong is the correlation between diet and acne? Last I checked, there wasn't a whole lot of robust evidence on this, mostly anecdotal. But when I went to see a master esthetician for my persistent acne, primarily cheeks and jawline, she gave me a whole list of foods to avoid, including dairy, soy, shellfish, algae, etc. Obviously, this was a lot, but I was so committed, I tried my best to stick to it. I would say it helped to a certain extent, and then it plateaued. Have there been any further studies on these connections? I know dairy is a big one, again, anecdotally, but curious to know if there's anything that you think backs this up. I mean, I believe that, um, I know that pizza does not cause acne unless you rub it all over your face. (laughs) Um, 
But I think that there's a lot of lot to be said about hormones that are put in your food because I think that affects your acne. So that is why I think like dairy products that usually have a lot of hormone supplementation in it can create a problem, an acne breakout. And may also be why I think we've seen I don't know the studies to to correlate with this, but I think most of us have seen that um, puberty tends to occur earlier in in general people. And I think a lot of us believe, suspect that this might be because of the hormones that are being put in our food. Um, So I think that's something that they're definitely, I'm pretty certain that there's a correlation there, but I think that a lot of people stress put too much stress on food Mm. and what we ingest and less stress on what is very important, which is our hormones Mm. and our genes, which is really kind of out of our control. Mm. Um, I also think water, I tell people like, if you drink a ton of water, it's just going to make you pee more. It's not going to make your skin look better. I mean, we are well hydrated if we're normal beings, you know, Um, it, it does not necessarily make your skin healthier. Interesting. Where do you stand on eating your water? Eating my water? Oh, you mean in my food products? Yeah, like, yeah. Like watermelon that has a lot of water in it? or Rather than doing the eight glasses of water a day, just being mindful of eating fruit and veg, basically. Um, uh, I mean, I think that that's a great way to get water, too. I mean, I don't like to drink. I, I, it messes up my day because then I have to go to the bathroom and then I <laughs> get on my patient my schedule and everything. But I mean, it's important to stay hydrated. It makes you feel fuller. So you're not going to eat as much potentially if that's a concern for you. Mm. But I don't, and I think you can get water in multiple ways. I just don't believe, I don't, I don't think that drinking a lot of water actually is, is, is doing something to make your skin look, be much more healthier. Great. Thank you so much for answering all of those questions. That was so kind of you. And it's just been so lovely to chat. It's been so yes, much fun. Too. When you come to London, which I hope is soon, do come and hang out. Oh, I will love that. We'll have to do something there. Yes. There's a whole gang of beauty beauty people who would love to um, have tequila and tapas with you. Oh, yeah. It sounds lovely. I'm there already. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I'm obviously going to put all of the details to S- SLMD, Sandra Lee MD Skincare. Yes. SLMDSkincare.com is the, is the website. SLMDSkincare.com. Lovely. In the okay. show notes. And obviously okay. all of your social links that thank will um, yes. and obviously share with everyone. But um, thank, you. thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. If you fancy a little bit something more informal, then do just slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns. Or if you fancy chatting to me and over 3,000 listeners of this podcast, then click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode, and join the Facebook forum, answer the three questions, and agree to the forum rules, and you will be welcomed with open arms. It's a lovely place. Please do come and join us. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one.